0: Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology, and today I will be joined by my friend and colleague Alex Amorosi to talk about your horoscopes for the month of May. We're going to be looking at two major transits this month, the lunar eclipse in Scorpio and the entrance of Jupiter into Taurus. So that Scorpio-Taurus axis we will be looking at for all 12 signs of the zodiac. Based on your rising sign, we... uh, Recommend that you listen for your rising sign because that's going to correlate with the whole sign house version of your birth chart and give you the most accurate placement of those transits in your actual birth chart, Uh, so long as you're orienting through the whole sign house system. It's going to be close enough for Placidus users as well that I would recommend listening to your rising sign. But anyway, you could listen to it for your sun as well if you wanted to. That is our agenda for today. As always, before we get into it, don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, Tell us some of your stories and comments in the comments section. You can find a transcript of today's talk on the website. As always, nightlightastrology.com if you go over to the website right now you guys know that we are enrolling students for the upcoming program ancient astrology for the modern mystic scroll down on the courses page and you will see it it starts on june 11th you can hear what it's you can read what it's all about on the website if you have any questions about the program whatsoever you can email us info at nightlightastrology.com Uh, It is an incredibly well-organized program with tons of support. We have a tutoring staff that's there to answer questions in a discussion forum. We've got breakout study sessions with tutors. We have bonus material and reading material and quizzes and all different kinds of ways to reinforce and integrate what you're learning in class, whether your intention is to practice for other people. We have plenty of people who go on to practice professionally after the program And we also have a fair amount of people who come through just because they want to deepen their personal love and connection to astrology, which is great because astrology is just like any other tool you can put in your kit to help you through all the different seasons of life. It's like having a a prayer meditation practice or a yoga practice. You're, you're, ability to learn the language of astrology is really like having an additional way of understanding the different things that you're going through day in and day out. So if you love and listen to astrology, but you're like, you know, I wish I understood a little bit more than I do, check out the course. I think you'll really like it. At the bottom of the page, you'll find the early bird payment, a payment plan, and you'll also find need-based tuition assistance. Um, Apply early for need-based tuition. We do have a limited number of those available. Those are meant for people who can't afford to take the program, um, but could use a little bit of help to make it happen. Uh, For whatever reason, you're on a type Budget, you're a single parent, you're on disability, you're retired on a fixed budget, um, you're part time employed only, or just lost your job, you're between jobs, whatever the case may be, um, if we can help you make studying astrology happen within the parameters of your budget, that's something the need based tuition is designed for. It's a unique part of our uh, business model, and we try to make sure that nobody's ever priced out of studying astrology. So, um, if you, again, any questions, email us info at nightlightastrology.com. Sign up early for the need based tuition, those are limited. All right. Well, on that note, I'm very excited to get into your horoscopes for the month and welcome back my friend and colleague, Alex. Hey, Alex. Oh, hey, Adam. (laughs) Good to see you. Welcome back. Good to see you. (laughs) (laughs) If you guys don't know Alex, you can find him on Instagram. It's Alex Amorosi healing, and you can find him on his website. If you want to book a reading with him or do any kind of personal one-on-one work with him, it's alexamorosi.com. Alex this month, we have two major transits uh, we're going to be looking at. One is on May 5th, the lunar eclipse in uh, the sign of Scorpio. And the other one is 11 days later on May 16th, Jupiter is entering the sign of Taurus. So that Scorpio-Taurus axis is going to be um, uh, bright and uh, loud in our charts this month. I wanted to start and just pop up the chart and ask you for your impressions of the tour or the Scorpio lunar eclipse on May fifth. Just before we talk about them, for any signs, what are some things that come to your mind with the um, lunar eclipse in Scorpio that could be applicable for everyone?
1: You know, it's interesting. With this is by the astrology, a very complex eclipse. There's a lot going on. There's, you know, you have the moon opposite uh, the sun. And Uranus, you have uh, Mars as the ruler of the eclipse in Cancer, and the Moon in mutual reception with Mars, and then you also, at the same time, have Venus passing a square to Neptune. Um, and so all of that, you know, on the surface, the technical name for it, I guess, is just an astrological clusterfuck. In <laughs> a lot oh, of ways, <laughs> so I, I think that was Dorotheus who said it. Uh, uh, <laughs> Maybe it's <Manilius. laughs> Yeah, but um. You know, if we distilled it down, this is a very emotional, internal yin uh, eclipse. And, you know, I think, you know, all the houses, you know, we can, we can see impact in, in, uh, in, in our external lives for sure. And I'm, I'm sure we'll see that. But, you know, my impression has been of this eclipse because there's so much water involved in it water and earth, the in signs. It's a very internal process. Um, and that's what I've been noticing, you know, with, with myself and with friends and with clients lately, that externally, yes, there are a lot of things that are shifting around and may feel challenging, but it's the inner process and the inner emotional world that has really felt shaken up since the Aries eclipse, which is leading up to this May 5th eclipse.
0: Nice. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the things that stand out to me, and I've said this before a few times uh, in some other videos that I've made, but it's just, just that when you have Mars in Cancer it, in its fall, the moon in uh, Scorpio in its fall, and the two are configured to one another by a trine, that it's like two drunk people helping each other home from the bar. Um, you know, that that, that image, right? It, it, th- th- there is some kind of deep dredging of the emotional depths, getting down to the roots and, and scraping out the, the grime from the bottom of the well, you know, so you can drink clean water again or something like that. It's like there, there's some... Mm-hmm. There's some kind of emotional breakthrough, the two planets are helping each other, but they are getting into some heavier territory. Um, I think ultimately, this that there is healing happening in this lots of water, lots of um emotion, lots of ancestral or past kind of stuff. This is a south node eclipse, yeah. Um, it's not easy stuff, but there is a promise of like resolution and and um, some kind of soothing effect that will come. Uh, afterward, I don't think it's a surprise that, just you were saying, with the context of the eclipse, just a few days later, the sun hits a conjunction to Uranus. And there's a feeling of, yeah. like, catharsis and breakthrough that happens shortly after the eclipse. You get things like the Venus-Neptune square in the midst of it. And I also wonder, um, you know, the, like... W- <laughs> There there could be two paths, you know, Venus and Gemini square Neptune could be like the flirtatious path, but maybe like the avoidant path. We're flirting with something that's deep and sort of murky. Do we actually get into it or do we try to avoid it? Um, But at the same time, I I just think there's too much gravity in the water signs and and heavy water signatures that like something we may try to avoid will sort of come up and say, no, you're going to have to really look at this.
1: Yeah, totally. I, I totally agree. And I think, um, you know, one thing I have to talk about with clients with water, strong water signatures in their chart is water, sig- water signatures, water signs tend to like to have sort of a secret internal space, like a secret garden of their emotional space or a secret garden in their mind. And that can be a place where you can feel really trapped in your emotional world. But when you can go into it, um, sometimes when you're doing energy work, you go into what's called the power place. You go into sort of a very deep internal place where you're sort of excavating Something from the psyche or from the energy of somebody where it needs to be brought into not even necessarily conscious awareness, but just out of the secrecy, out yeah. of that sort of place where it feels like it has to be contained and kept in this place. Like, actually, it's okay if that's seen. It's yep. okay if that's out in the public sphere of my own, you know, maybe not with other people, but at least in my own consciousness. Um, yeah. And I feel like that's something being liberated here with the Mars Moon dynamic, particularly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um I like that Jupiter uh, is entering Taurus again, not you know 11 days after the eclipse. Um, yeah. it feels to me like that's a, a little like we're starting to move out of Marsy Marsy territory. Um you know, we're you know the, the Mars is about to leave Cancer and move into Leo, a little brighter, happier place for Mars. Jupiter's getting out of a Mars ruled sign and another fire sign. Um, and it feels to me like after the eclipse, um, you get this gradual feeling of breakthrough, soothing of tensions, healing of old wounds, and then this kind of sweet stabilizing presence of Jupiter entering yeah. an earth sign. Uh, what else comes to mind for you, uh, Alex, about you know Jupiter entering Taurus?
1: Well it, it, you know, following along what we were just saying about the eclipse, I, I do think that that's a fairly intense emotional excavation, but very quickly after that, Venus will move into cancer. Um, Then we get Jupiter, which I think she gets co-present with Mars, which I actually really like seeing that. And she's superior to Mars. So there's like that cooling, calming effect of Venus coming in. Then we see Jupiter coming in to Taurus. Now, I see this, especially on the 20th when Mars moves into Leo. You know, Adam, like at the end of uh, Return of the Jedi, where uh, the Death Star is blowing up and Lando comes out of, you know, the Millennium Falcon comes out of the Death Star, like in the plane <laughs> behind it going, yee like that. Yeah, like, I feel yeah. like there's some sort of massive, like, cathartic moment where it's this moment between the 16th and the 20th where there's, like, there's been all of this really deep, intense, emotional wrangling of letting go and things coming to the surface. And then sort of a... Um, an extroverted or an external release of like, Oh, we're through that. And as Jupiter moves deeper into Taurus and out of the square with Pluto, there's a settling that starts to happen. There's a stabilizing. There's a feeling of one coming into a Venus ruled sign where the, there's a sense of feeling almost, um, stabilized by the very practical things of life, like being, you know, being embodied or movement or, or, uh, being in nature and all the Taurus type of ideas that I think begins with initially what feels like a really pretty powerful release, but then quickly starts to soothe and calm from there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 I like Jupiter into Taurus also because it's now co-present with Uranus. And that's the sneaky part about this is that like, once Jupiter gets co-present with Uranus, that, that yee-haw is such a good yeah. image. Uh, the, you know, the Millennium Falcon flying out of the exploding Death Star. It, right. it, it, the the Jupiter Uranus is very much, it's always been long associated. In fact, we right now we have scheduled um, Becca Tarnas to come and give a talk during our summer speaker series oh, on awesome. Jupiter Uranus uh, contacts. Jupiter, Uranus has long been associated with big leaps and strides in in space, you know, space travel, astronomy, physics, science. Where there's a sort of, um, you know, okay, we just found the this new God particle, or like, you know, whatever, like, like the yeah. sense of discovery, expansion, moving beyond previous limits, you know, moving into previously un charted territory mm-hmm. with a mm-hmm. sense of like limitlessness and possibility. Now, some of that comes down to earth. It, it's not all, it's going to, it can overpromise and like undersell, but I love yeah. Jupiter entering Taurus just because it's this, it's a much more stable place, but it's also yeah. meeting up with Uranus, which is going to be, you know, really, um you know, turning, turning the volume up on, originality, experimentation, revolution, and, and Jupiter getting in there with it is going to amp all of that up, which I think for most people will probably be a pretty positive thing. Jupiter Uranus contacts are, for example, often associated with like you're you, the avoiding the worst case scenario because of some angel that swoops down and, and yeah. helps you turn your car just before yeah. you get the fender bender or whatever. So um, it's I think it's a very uh, benefic place for Jupiter to be entering.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, I, you know, I have a friend with Jupiter Uranus trine in their chart and one of the most innovative people with an ever like a wellspring of innovative ideas. Like it just it just keeps come pouring out of them. And it's a really I think with Taurus too, Adam, you know, I could see a lot of like environmental sciences, breakthroughs in environmental sciences or like things that are supportive of the environment in some way or something like that coming out, too. I was mm-hmm. reading a really interesting article about different, you know, different technologies that are coming up to sort of break down plastics in the ocean or collect stuff like that. And I think that will become even more emphasized over the next year while Jupiter is co-present with Uranus.
0: Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's yeah, especially very ecological in an earth sign like Taurus like that. Uh, mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. really neat. Um, well, uh, let us now turn our attention to um, our horoscopes. And after talking a little bit about these two transits, lunar eclipse and Scorpio, Jupiter entering Taurus, again, that's the dates for these because I can't put them up simultaneously. May 5th for the lunar eclipse in Scorpio, May 16th for Jupiter entering Taurus. We're going to be looking at the access of houses and the different events happening in them uh, through these two transits this month for each side. So I'm gonna start with Aries uh and then alex will add his thoughts and then he'll start with taurus and i'll add mine and we'll go like that around the wheel So we start with aries rising and you're looking at uh, The lunar eclipse being in your eighth house while jupiter entering taurus comes into your second for the lunar eclipse and scorpio in the eighth I like to think of the end or resolution or completion of soul contracts This relationship has fulfilled what it was designed to do it is given what it designed to give it has taken what it required And now it's time to let it go I think it's probably one of the major 8th house signatures is the releasing, ending, impermanence, death, dissolution um, of various bonds, obligations, and connections that we have to other people. And that doesn't have to be a bad thing, but it means that bonds and relationships are transforming in a very deep way. The other peripheral topic would be like other people's money, something or inheritance and uh, things like that, maybe facing the consequences of old actions somehow. Um The second house Taurus energy for me with uh, Jupiter moving into Taurus suggests a a pretty new developmental period, a a time of expansion, whether that's around money and business or for the sake of, say, developing skills and new abilities, Um, but building confidence in what you have, uh, building, whether that's developing investments or, you know, again, skills that could be used for the sake of earning income. I find that people with Jupiter entering the second house sometimes go back to school. Um, but whatever it is, it's uh, a development of greater assets and resources that you're that you're coming into contact with. And pretty exciting, too, I think, with Jupiter, considering that it's co-present with Uranus. Those are my thoughts on that one for Aries risings out there. Uh, what do you think about those?
1: Well, I think, you know, with, we, I agree with this idea in the eighth house, Adam. I would say also with Scorpio being that house, just adding to what you're saying. I think Scorpio, sometimes there can be a a, a sense sometimes of it's really difficult to let go of something I think is really valuable. I really need, I need to hold. And I think this might be an exercise with the eclipse, with the eighth house here in Scorpio of it's safe to release a thing that once brought me value that no longer does. It's safe to let go of it. You know, this jewel, (laughs) I don't want to, this is the only Image that came to mind was like the old lady at the end of Titanic drops the diamond into <laughs> into the ocean. You know, like it had this idea, of, like it was super valuable, and you know had this thing. And then eventually, it's just like, well, you know, it. I, I don't need this anymore. I don't need to hold this anymore. It's it's done. Um, and Jupiter moving into the second house, you know, co-present with Uranus. That I think. I heard Louise Hay once say that, you know, it was always easier to teach a workshop on sexuality than money, because our money beliefs can be so entrenched with protection. And sometimes there's shame and just very, very, you know, deeply rooted in our psyches. And I'm wondering if like Jupiter moving into Taurus co-present with Uranus is a way of also beginning to think about or come into a relationship with money in a way you've never considered before that brings an expansion that if you hadn't thought of it would have left everything kind of status quo, but because there's sort of a book you read or a a technique you decide, you, you find, or something that takes you out of your normal, uh, grooves with money, there's a way that money all of a sudden begins to sort of have a a possibility of expanding more.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's those are really nice takes. Yeah, I really appreciate that. It adds some nice dimension to um, what's going on for Aries folks. Um, yeah. why, why don't we have you take us in uh, the direction of Taurus rising uh, with the mm. eclipse in Scorpio in the seventh and Jupiter entering Taurus in the first. So
1: I would say that this is a, a big emotional um culmination point in the way you feel about or in romantic relationships. Uh, And, you know, the seventh house can mean other kinds of relationships, but I generally find it to mean marriage or long-term partnerships or romantic relationships. Um, And, you know, it might be a little bit like we were talking about earlier. It may not be within the structure of the relationship itself and relationship to your partner or the way you perceive partners, but your own sort of internal sense of what you have held as a belief or an emotional structure around relationship that is ready to transform in some way, that under the light, you know, that maybe the eclipse light of this full moon, there's a sense of like a slipstream that's created where you're what once felt like a very hard and fast belief gets transformed. But when it's transformed within you, it naturally radiates out into your outer experience. And I feel like this is much more of an internal process in the water sign and with this eclipse and just the way it's configured but that it begins to affect relationship a little bit more, which is really interesting because then Jupiter moves into your first house, which brings such an expansive view on the self. Um, And maybe the way you constellate your own philosophies or your belief structure about who you are. Um, I think that one of the things we often don't realize is how often we call who I am, what we call who I am is often a collection of beliefs that we have that are very very deeply entrenched and it might be an opportunity with jupiter co-present with uranus here as jupiter makes this entrance a year-long process of jupiter being in taurus where you begin to um come into a sort of emancipation from things you said well that's just how i am or that's just how i am or what i do to realize, oh, those are beliefs that I hold and they can change. These are not such solid structures as I may have believed them to be. But there's some sense of them being able to move and change and shift that helps me shift in my identity of who I believe myself to be.
0: Mm, nice. Nice. Yeah, I love that. There's like an opportunity to revise our sense of who we are if you're a Taurus rising, and I am, so I'm thinking about myself, um, by examining the beliefs that we've held about ourselves. That's a great take on uh, Jupiter entering the first. I really like that. And and it's interesting that it it would coincide with getting to the bottom of something or going through the final stages of something around love and relationships too. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, Let's go ahead and move along to... um, Gemini rising. This places the eclipses in the eclipse in the sixth house, and it places the entrance of Jupiter into Taurus in the 12th. Now, these are difficult houses. Um, They are like blind spots to the individual because they're both houses that are said to be in an aversion to the ascendant. So what that means for ancient astrologers is that this is the stuff that we, it's almost like there's the unconscious is a little bit more active and powerful in these areas, and and there's not as an easy as a time controlling or understanding what's happening in these areas, even though they can be right in front of us. It's for example, the sixth house can be the conflicts that keep coming up in your life that with that the health problems, but you can't get to the bottom of why it's happening. Um, or the conflict just somehow can't be resolved. Twelfth house uh, often associated with the things that undermine us, but we can't see them. We don't know where they're coming from. Hidden enemies is another way of putting that. Um, I think with a sixth house eclipse, though, we're reaching the potential for like um, maybe a place where we can understand some kind of conflict or turmoil or sickness or frustration, because I think the south node and the Scorpio nature helps us get to the bottom of things, as I've said Mm -hmm. a few times. And so I just wonder if this isn't a kind of a moment where it's like something that we've been that's been grinding us down for a while is sort of. the 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 power has um the uh power it has over us is concluding it's like not going to have power over us anymore is what i'm trying to say at the same time i wouldn't be surprised if you know there was some chaos and conflict emotionally now i also wonder if some of that might be related back for Gemini's to things around money and resources, given the placement of Mars in the second, just to be a little bit more specific about what kind of conflict turmoil and what weird things are coming to a head. Um, But then Jupiter enters the 12th. And here's what I love about Jupiter entering the 12th as someone who's just gone through it. Um, Jupiter entering the 12th has a way of redeeming and bringing confidence out of insecure places, places where we've mm. gotten off track, where we've undermined ourselves, where we don't believe in ourselves, where we haven't figured out how to integrate or incorporate parts of ourselves. And Jupiter goes in there and just, it, it shines a light. It's such a redemptive planet to have in the 12th house. Um, but it can also amplify the degree to which those undermining influences are are there and, you know, taking our, us off course somehow. And so it's like Jupiter will amplify the uh, undermining spirits or energies but it also will help redeem them and somehow bring them to the light. It's natural position is to move into the first house after it finishes in the 12th. So I think for Gemini's, it's like, on the one hand, you're finishing a season of, of, of maybe some really hard, intense emotional work. Uh, But then there's also um, with Jupiter entering the 12th, um, a season ahead that has to do with starting to redeem some things. It's still going to require work though.
1: Hmm. Oh, I love that, Adam. I'd never thought of Jupiter in the 12th that way, but that just really like kind of illuminated I, something I've seen a lot when I've seen this transit. Um, that's beautiful. I mean, I think, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking of this. There's a book I really love by a Vedic astrologer on the lunar nodes. And she she describes, if you read the description of the South Node in this book, it sounds a lot like Pluto, right? It has a very Pluto-like feeling to it. It has a lot of the same sort of ways we talk about Pluto in, in, um, in modernist, Astrology, you know, death and rebirth, and the release of things and moving things out, and you know, having just had uh, uh, some not only sixth house south node but also um, Pluto transits, it it does have that quality of if there's something that feels like that thing that keeps happening and you can't figure out why it keeps happening, and it maybe affects your physical health in the in the sixth house, or it affects. I often find the twelfth house is a little bit more in the psycho, psycho spiritual realm of the of the mind, but this is a really wonderful opportunity under this eclipse to, if you're willing to see very clearly, and sometimes that can be difficult, something can be revealed under it. The south node can help sort of flush that out or pull out, you know, whatever feels like the top, the the um the energy structure that's been causing that there. And it can really create a lot of healing. I'm not saying it will necessarily be easy, um, but I think that the, the, the movement of jupiter quickly you know quickly after this into the 12th house that's a planet you want to see coming in after a really you know sort of intense inner emotional eclipse like this that that brings that redemptive quality and the clarity quality so yeah
0: yeah Yeah. nice uh let's go forward from here to look at cancer rising uh Mm -hmm. we'll let you lead this one
1: so we're gonna have the uh for cancer risings we're gonna have the lunar eclipse in the fifth house um and you know when this this comes to mind for me i'm thinking about are you are something coming to the head or something internally being recognized or in your emotional space being understood around what you act what actually makes you happy I think there could be a story here with cancer rising of like you know I've gone along with certain things like yeah this makes me happy yeah this makes me happy but Scorpio has a way of bringing you down into the depths and being like let's get I hate to quote the Spice Girls here but tell me what you want what you really really want (laughs) (laughs) that, that sort of feeling to that you know like you know does this make me happy does this bring me joy you know like and a little bit with Scorpio too of like. I don't really care what anybody else thinks. I don't really care if anybody else thinks this is weird or off or, you know, um, strange in some way, this is something that really brings me joy and really allows me to find joy. And so like allow maybe even just allowing yourself to go towards those things um, this month with the fifth house and then Jupiter moving into your 11th. I mean, that's Jupiter's joy. Um, it's a wonderful placement for Jupiter. Uh, I, I could see something like uh, real benefits around through your social and professional networks coming to you. Um, maybe even something that supports. I'm just looking at you know Jupiter now being Saturn's host in your ninth. You know, I'm just throwing this out of like something that allows you to go back to school in some way for like some sort of more. Um, some sort of higher education degree or something like that or even a reevaluation of how your belief structures and your religious structures spiritual structures are formulated within your own mind some sort of blessings coming through your social professional networks maybe allowing something like that i I just see jupiter moving in here adam as a positive sign for saturn too in pisces just kind of yeah that's not yeah like
0: spiritual religious community growth and change and mm-hmm. development, like a fertile mm-hmm. period for new people coming into your life with new kind of, you know, reworking of belief structures, um, integration of beliefs and people in the right mix. I love that for cancers this month. Yeah. Um, I think same, same thing with what you said with, with, with respect to the fifth house, like, what do you really want? What brings pleasure? What brings creative fulfillment? Maybe some, this is a, a look. lunar eclipse in that house. You could see things around pregnancy and children coming up, decisions about pregnancy and children. Maybe also questions about sexuality. This is the house of Venus, mm-hmm. after all, the, the fifth is, and um, called the joy of Venus. So, you know, Scorpio eclipse getting down to the bottom of sexual issues, especially mm-hmm. where there's like repression or, you know, problems with pleasure or something like that. It's also about, um, you know, exploration, like getting into darker, more forbidden places around pleasure too, I would say.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Let's go on to, uh, we'll put, oops, my bad. All right, let's put uh, Leo on the Ascendant. So the Scorpio eclipse is happening in the 4th. And again, that is on May 5th. And then on the 16th, Jupiter enters Taurus in the 10th. Um, so you know we're looking at an eclipse that's bringing things to a head in the house of home family uh, uh, parents karma related to your living environment or your home Um, so this is a this is a big change Um, the, the eclipses here can bring up some painful old baggage around family stuff especially the wounds from parents dysfunctional parents or homes and the trauma of those environments and even if it's not you know if it's just reliving the past or speaking with a therapist and having a breakthrough or um, reliving or having to re-experience something from the ancestral past that's coming up again, you know, Um, but this is an eclipse that is about processing, purging, releasing, purifying family karma, uh, or anything involved with what provides you with a sense of home safety um, and, and uh, you know, feeling of emotional security and what's threatening that or what's creating it or you know how do you establish that those are some of the questions behind the eclipse as far as i can tell i love jupiter entering your 10th for leos in terms of the opportunity for expansion development enthusiasm charisma breakthroughs experimentation in career or what 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 is the um the life calling all about and and what kinds of possibilities and new opportunities are you thinking about? Uh, it's a great year for Leos to have Jupiter and, and Uranus together in the tenth. I love that for where profession professional things are going.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you're, you're it, it, I love that idea with Jupiter and charisma, Adam. It's something I often forget about with Jupiter, but it's true. It just gives you it just gives that little extra shine, you know, mm-hmm. where to bring that out. And man, were you speaking the mantra of as a Leo rising the fourth house. And that's what I've been wrangling with a lot of internal stuff and a lot of, you know, I think one of the things I, I, you know, just speaking from experience with this, and I don't know if the leaders will, will, will resonate with it, but I've had to look at my past much more objectively, especially my home life and come to terms with some pretty difficult truths about some ways that I grew up. Um, but in the process of that, over the last few weeks i what i I would offer to leos is if you're if you're facing that deeper stuff within you know ancestry home family of origin i have felt safer internally than i've ever actually felt in my entire life and i have felt like you know i used to be so scared of relaxing because when i was relaxed that's when shit would hit the fan and now i'm feeling like man you know when i relax i'm just relaxed and that it's my nervous system will sometimes bring up old panics that happen around different inconsistencies and, and abuse that may have happened but that i allow myself to realize now actually no here i am as a 43 year old adult i'm perfectly safe and i'm allowing myself i can like actually feel my body physically like detoxing the stress out. it's very very scorpio self-node type feeling
0: yeah yeah absolutely yeah. any thoughts about jupiter in the 10th for leos
1: I'm so psyched. <laughs> I <laughs> <Right>. can't wait. <laughs> I was like, I think, you know, Jupiter brings look, Jupiter coming into our career house and squaring Pluto on the way in, I think is actually a really positive sign for some real um growth, possibly, you know, uh some ex- financial expansion that comes in uh, as a result of that. Um it could also be a time where you're no, you're maybe like uh, configuring your career in the ways that romantic relationships are shifting and changing with Pluto and your seventh. Mm. Um, or maybe even, you know, meeting someone who like, you know, shares a similar cl- career vision or path as you in a romantic relationship that, you know, brings expansion to both of your careers. I could see all of those happening with that.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's move on to Virgo rising. Um, you want to lead us off on this one?
1: So we've got a lunar eclipse in the third house. I always feel bad for the third house, Adam. I feel like it's like the. Junk I know it's like the, the houses.
0: <laughs> um, changes in your mind.
1: Changes in your mind, and your siblings, and you know everything else we didn't put in the other houses. We'll put. In the
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the junk. It's the junk drawer of the houses.
1: <laughs> it's just like digging through, But um, you know, I, I think the third house eclipse. I I could see something here and one thing I've, I've actually been working working the idea you talk about the idea of the environment in the third house is maybe coming to grips with coming to a culminating point with certain ideas about what you're surrounded with every day that a don't, a don't long, no longer serve you uh, no longer hold value to you or have maybe your values have changed around them and there, there's a desire to kind of put the pedal to the metal now in if there are shifts that need to be made in your surrounding environment to, to start to make them. There, there's sort of, again, a, you know, a Scorpio and, the, and the, the South note here, there's that impetus to release the thing that no longer is of value to you. And it could also be something that's just like, like a, a mental pattern, um, something that is going on within your, on your sort of in your cerebral mental sphere. Uh, that is like, you know what, this pattern just has run its course, it no longer has value to me, I have to release it out in order to move forward. Um, and then you have Jupiter moving into your your ninth house. I mean, a classic signature of that is, you know, you could see someone going back to school, getting a law degree, you know, maybe deciding on a, a different religious or spiritual path that feels um, that feels like it brings a more sort of expansiveness to the, the belief structures that you have. So, you know, I could see someone Adam with like Jupiter, Jupiter moving into the ninth house of being something like, um, you know, I've decided that in order to move forward in something, I need to have a little bit more gravitas to my credentials. I need to sort of put something in, you know, or have a spiritual practice that really, um, supports the newer belief structures that are coming into place. Those are just some ideas that are percolating around from that one.
0: Yeah, you know, it reminds me of a time when I look back once at when I had ninth and third house eclipses, because <clears throat> I've had them, obviously, a couple of rounds of them in yeah. my life. One period I had, um I was kind of opening myself, let's say, to uh, psychedelics and to yeah. uh, entheogens and things like that. And as my Guiding beliefs were transforming because of contact with those experiences I realized for a time that I could no longer have televisions in my environment Mm. and so I removed all the TVs from my environment and um, Did so changed the environment because my spiritual vision for life was changing To me, that's always been a good example of how transits across the ninth and third can function simultaneously. You got Jupiter entering the ninth with Uranus co-present and a new moon coming through up there and so forth. And the feeling is of expanding and transforming belief systems. They will be directly connected to feeling like something in the environment isn't working any longer. Um, It might be sometimes like, for example, um, recently... Uh, for my wife's birthday, she's a double Taurus. So, you know, early in Taurus season, April 26 is her birthday. So one of the things that I did was I um, set up a a consultant with someone who specializes in helping you kind of reimagine like the paint color for a room in the house, you know, like they'll, it's not like a full designer, but it's basically like, you know, a consultant that'll come over and just sit with you and help you like figure out how you want to transform a room in your house. That was one of the things I got her for her birthday. And the reason that I did so was because I was having experiences across my ninth and third house transits that were helping me recognize like, oh, you know, like, Um, I'm a Taurus rising Venus and Leo. And my wife's always kind of deferred to me for a lot. It's weird because a lot of times I think it's women who make the decisions in the, in, you know, uh, in the relationship, at least between men and women about like what the style or paint or what decor is going to be like, she's always sort of deferred to me more in that way. And I just realized this like one room in our house that I was like. I think it's time for my wife's creativity and her handprint to be like on this room. Like I want to live in her world in this room a, a little bit more because mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I know any longer why I made the choices I did about this room. Seems like a really stupid thing, but it was coinciding with a shift in, in beliefs and, and my spiritual paradigm that led me to the simple observation about a room and then the idea right. for her birthday gift. That's a third right. house, ninth house kind of thing too.
1: Totally. Totally. Interesting. I like that.
0: Yeah. Um, Let's move along to, I think we've said a good amount about that. Let's go into Libra rising. This places the eclipse of uh, the Scorpio eclipse in the second house entrance of Jupiter into the eighth. And um, this is a powerful place. You're thinking about the culmination of, um, you know, storylines around money, resources, business uh, investments, income and expenditures uh, reaching some kind of moment of catharsis might be like that. You're coming to the, end of a difficult period financially, or a period of feeling like a little drained of your resources, or the need to transform how you're working with them, or which resources you have or need. Something is changing around that. Uh, And then Jupiter enters the eighth and starts bringing in new possibilities and opportunities that probably come in through other people you're meeting or through people that you already know that have a new set of resources or ideas or ways of collaborating that might um, provide some, some real breakthroughs. Now, often I'm a little skeptical of eighth house transits because it's a little bit like a contract you're signing and you don't always know what you're going to get. But with Jupiter and Uranus there, I feel like you know some relationships, some collaboration, some new soul bonds are going to be very liberating um, for Libras uh, and what they provide and how they help you create breakthroughs. Um, that's really, that's super profound. Also, what do experiences of being drained lead you to need, uh, help with, you know, having to ask for help and receive help from other people could be quite liberating. Um, since I think Libra, you know, my experience of Libra risings is often that they're quite deferential and not, it's not always easy to stand up for yourself and say, this is what I want or need. Um, Mm -hmm. so, I think these could be some very positive uh, signs for for Librans around the, these two houses.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree, and I, I feel like you know, with Mars ruling this eclipse from the tenth house too, this feels like a very career money trans series of transits for Libra risings. And um, you know, I could see a scenario from what you're describing too, Adam. Like you know, Jupiter moves into the eighth house, and you know, someone, y- your spouse or your partner, gets a big bump in income and you maybe have been working really hard to, you know, keep them, the finances going, you get a little bit of a break from that, that, you know, the clips kind of bringing that to a culmination and maybe you allowing you to also explore some, you know, inklings to sh- to make some shifts around career in career with Mars moving through the 10th house and, you know, quickly into your 11th house after this too for Libra Risings, which, you know, may take some action through your networks to... You might feel a little bit more flexible financially to take some action through networks in the coming days uh, in May that you maybe couldn't have taken before the eclipse. To kind of freeze you up—that's one way I could see this happening.
0: Yeah, and and not and also I think I want to just add again: don't be afraid to ask for that help or seek it out actively.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: As a leader, just...
1: I will say that for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Ask so to, for
1: what you want.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, let's go across uh, the Scorpio. Uh, Scorpio Risings have the eclipse in their first and Jupiter entering the seventh.
1: Well, you know, I could see this being a period of, you know, for the last, since the beginning of 2022, we've had the south node move into the first house a way you are shifting your identity and releasing old ways you think about yourself or even things about yourself that have changed that changed the way other people see you um and that this full moon this eclipsed moon being a culmination point in that um especially as it relates to maybe the deeper more secret recesses of your psyche is those places are seen and excavated, or maybe even just cared for a little bit more. There's a way that it sort of shifts your relationship to the world that it's noticeable and people actually relate to you in a a slightly different way. Um, And then you have Jupiter moving into the seventh house. You know, shorthand on that is it's generally a good sign for relationships. It's generally a really nice sign for like cohesion, cohesiveness, order in relationships, especially Jupiter moving into a fixed earth sign um you know if there's felt like sometimes you know when we're in relationship or even wanting relationship those deeper inner shifts that you're experiencing in the first house can cause some amount of shifting and changing within the relationship or maybe even feeling of instability emotionally within the relationship that as jupiter enters the seventh house it feels like it just brings that nice cohesion like after all of this change the relationship Acclimates or begins to acclimate towards that new point that the first house has arrived at.
0: Yeah, I, I could see it being like um, because I've changed, I'm ready to welcome a new relationship in too. Like yeah. almost like yeah. know, sometimes people go through periods of time where it's like I'm healing from something that happened in the past of a different relationship, and then all of a sudden, uh, you you know, you some a, a catharsis happens. Uh, A little shift emotionally and then the door just swings open and someone new is entering Um, I could see that as a real scenario for a lot of Scorpios out there. Also um, Scorpio risings also just the idea that um, Meaningful relationships that help you facilitate greater growth and change are entering and that could be Mm -hmm. Jupiter Sometimes in the seventh, I think of meaningful teachers that are entering our life Now, that could be a lover, Mm -hmm. but it could also be like a literal teacher Um, so looking for you know, you, you, you know, it's like a, a point of emotional breakthrough personally, psychologically, and then followed by meaningful new possibilities and relationships.
1: Mm, mm, I love that.
0: All right, let's go on to Sagittarius. So with Sagittarius, we have the um, eclipse in the 12th and we have Jupiter entering the 6th. Now, for the eclipse in the 12th house, for Sagges, this one to me is probably the heaviest placement for the eclipse for all, all the signs. Um, you're looking at, the, you know, real deep, heavy, unconscious material coming up and revisiting it. Um, old stuff resurfacing. Um, you're looking at, you know, the processing of, of wounds and emotional baggage. And um, the good news is I think that this could be very healing, but it's not like easy stuff to look at, Scorpio 12th house, south node eclipse, lunar eclipse. Um, However, right after that kind of deep, cathartic, unconscious space is opened up in the eclipse, Jupiter enters the sixth. And Jupiter in the sixth, along with Uranus, says to me, there is a great work worth undertaking, a great sacrifice, a great Mm -hmm. effort. And I have hope and excitement about doing the work. For example, if that eclipse brings up stuff in in your relationship, uh, which it could, if it does so, I think you're going to find that you have renewed commitment and excitement to either start a new chapter in your life, even if it's a little hard, you have to move out, or if it's about digging in and doing the work with a partner to move forward and have a healthier future together, but that there's an excitement and again, a charisma with Jupiter in the six saying there's a great work, but I'm mission driven. I'm excited. This is going to lead to a breakthrough okay. um, that this is good work that I want to do. Um and you know, it's kind of like when you're excited to clean out your garage or something, it's like, it's not fun to clean (laughs) out your garage, or your attic or your basement or whatever it is, but you know that like, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to turn on the music, you know, and I'm going to feel so good when it's all done and, and you do when it's all done. So I think, I think there's something about like, okay, this is heavy, but then there's going to be this very inspired sense of like, but I can do it that comes along with it.
1: Absolutely. Um, it's funny because my favorite thing in the world is after I clear out a lot of clutter, like when I come home after that and that feeling of ah, like I could see that being the feeling that comes up eventually for Sagittarius here. Um, you know, it, it is when I was looking at this earlier today and kind of just checking out where this is all falling for everybody. The Sag. this really caught my eye because the sixth, the twelfth and the eighth houses are all highlighted because Mars is in your eighth house moving towards towards your ninth, but still ruling the eclipse from your eighth. But I think, you know, Adam, just riffing off of what you were saying, when you hit all three of those houses at the same time, it can feel, especially for Sagittarians, and as a Sagittarius, I can say we are always looking for the expanse of optimistic hope and everything. It can feel kind of especially contrasted when there's these very deep, especially inner water places that are really triggered all at once. But at the same time, Jupiter moving into the sixth, just to echo what Adam was saying, it does give you a can-do kind of attitude with it. Like, okay, here it is. It doesn't look great and it smells bad, but we can do something with it. We can get out, you know, put on our gloves and get out the Borax and we can start scrubbing this out, you know, whatever this is. Um, And I would just say just quickly on this too, is I think for Sagittarians, the tendency is oftentimes to move with hope and to hope and to dream and to see the expanse of possibility, which is beautiful just being very discerning with this constellation of the eclipse and the movement of Jupiter of not just relying on hope, but also taking some real, you know, Jupiter moving into Taurus, some real concrete embodied action around mm. what you might notice, um, because it's very easy to get caught in that. And I'm speaking yeah. fully from experiences as a with that, yeah.
0: Totally. Okay. <clears throat> Let's move into um, Capricorn next, uh, which constellates Uh, the eclipse and Jupiter entrance into Taurus in the fifth and 11th houses.
1: Well, I would say, you know, the eclipse in the 11th house is interesting. Uh, I would say to, this is a culminating moment for you as a Capricorn rising of what's been going on in the networks around you or the people around you, you know, your allies or your friends, and then, you know, obviously I always build this out into professional networks too, but also just, um, you know, looking at the people and the structures that support how you're known in the world or support your career in general, things that may have felt like under the surface need to change for a while under this eclipse are like, you know what, this has to change. It has a more of an imperative behind it. Um, You know, maybe something there, there's been a certain group or maybe people within a group that you've been allied with for a while that it's like, you know what, that did serve its function. It was valuable for a time. And now it's time for me to move my allegiances or my my my, uh, my focus to other groups that support my career or my, the way I'm known in the world in this way, in, in, a, in a different way. Um, and then Jupiter moving into the fifth house, you know, we could just say again shorthand uh there might be things that come up around pregnancy and children for that definitely with jupiter moving into the fifth house um that's a possibility i think but jupiter in the fifth house is like are you enjoying your life man like are you just like you know are you really allowing yourself like what are your beliefs around enjoyment what are the structures of thought you've created around the ability to creatively enjoy the things that bring you a lot of pleasure um you know, that this is definitely a place where you might be exploring, um, different or innovative beliefs around sex and sexuality, which I could see with Jupiter and Uranus being co-present. Um, but I like this transit for Capricorns. I think this is a nice transit.
0: In yeah. Ways. Yeah. I really like that. Um, Jupiter, uh, co-present with Uranus. Um, I like that there's a, um, uh, That for me, that suggests that you're at Capricorns. You know, for Capricorns to have a creative breakthrough, a breakthrough around joy and pleasure, and the the sense of creative uh, fulfillment—that you're going to create something, or that you need to create something that will liberate and break up stuckness in some uh, area—that strikes me as the most promising part of this month for Capricorns. The lunar eclipse says maybe for that to happen, you have to let go of certain people, certain groups, certain. Uh, you know, social dynamics in your life, or maybe some of them are, are reaching a place of, um, you know, you're getting exhausted by them somehow, but there's change around social dynamics, groups, allies, friends, and communities. There's also these, this invitation to expand and explore creatively. Absolutely. All right, let's go on to Aquarius rising. Um, For Aquarius rising, we've got these, uh, the lunar eclipse in Scorpio happening in the 10th place, which is the place of career, uh, where we have the entrance of Jupiter into Taurus in the fourth place, which is uh, the place of home and family and property. So um, yeah, uh, I think the lunar eclipse in Scorpio shows up in the 10th house. And um, for some people, is going to mean the end of a job. It's going to be the end of doing a particular type of job or working for a company or Uh, the, the, the end of something professionally Um, for other people, it's going to be the end of a project or the end of, um, you know, a, a period of working with certain people, or it's going to represent internal changes within a company, or it's going to represent, um, reaching your limit somehow with some aspect of your work. Okay. This particular way in which I work has, can no longer be. So I, I think of conclusions, transformation, death, and letting go around the career for Aquarians. Um, where, whereas with Jupiter entering the fourth house and now being co-present with Uranus, I love the idea that, um, your base, your home, your, your, uh, foundation is expanding. Uh, for example, I could see this easily coinciding with a woman realizing that she's pregnant or about to have a child and about to take a sabbatical from our, a um, what do you call it? A, um, maternity leave. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the, um, the word sabbatical, by the way, although it's used in universities to represent someone taking a year for study or something like that, it actually comes from the word Sabbath and sabbatical is also another word for taking a, a deliberate period of rest. But either way, the the um, the idea that you're, something is growing and developing and expanding around home and family, around roots and living environment, that there's a lot of new possibilities entering there, like the, the soil is being turned over around home and family, uh, new life is growing in that area, um, that there's also a letting go happening in terms of your external world and how you appear out in the world or what you do for a living.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that. I think, you know, um, one of the things I think is so interesting about Jupiter going into the fourth house here is, you know, there's, there's so many times when we're looking at our family of origin or, you know, where we've come from and where we've, um, the the ancestral patterns of our family there can be such a feeling of sometimes it feeling very disparate or very detached in some way like you know well this thing happened over here with my mom's family this thing happened here with my dad's family and they seem like very unrelated events and one of the things Jupiter does so well is Jupiter takes things that feel unrelated and makes a cohesive narrative out of it like so I could see someone who's just like you know Maybe something that has shifted in the 10th house and like the culmination of how I'm seen in the world or the, what I've brought to my career, how people notice me is coinciding with the rediscovery of, or maybe even the creation of a new philosophy or narrative about what it meant to come from where I came from, what it meant to be there, um, how I made sense of that and uh, brought it all together. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, that leads us into our last sign and set of horos- or, uh, horoscope for the day, uh, which is Pisces rising. Um, and that takes us into placements across the third and ninth house again. Uh, what do you think about these, Alex?
1: Well, you know, we have the lunar eclipse happening in your ninth house, um, which it's interesting. I feel like this is actually a really Nice transit, though, might be a little challenging for Pisces in the sense of clarifying and bringing discernment to your religious or spiritual beliefs. And I think sometimes with Pisces, there can be like everything kind of melds into that, you know, that watery mist for Pisces. And I think that with Scorpio, there's a little bit more clarification in Scorpio ruled by Mars and a sense of I've held a certain doctrine, belief or philosophy for a long time. And I'm starting to get an itch that like, you know, that may not be the way I want to go forward. It may not serve me anymore. It may never have served me. And this is a wonderful opportunity to release that. And in some way that brings a sense of greater order with Jupiter moving into your third house, a greater order and cohesiveness to the environment around you um, where you feel like, What's around you makes more sense. There's greater meaning to it, which I think, you know, your, your rising sign ruled by Jupiter is something very important, I think, to Pisces and Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter meaning and order and something that feels like maybe it also grounds you a little bit in Taurus in this wonderful fixed earth sign. It's something that allows you a more innovative approach to grounding yourself, whether it's in nature, whether it's embodied practices, whether it's, uh, Even something as simple as like, I don't know, a cooking class or something, but something that just gets your hand in the dirt, metaphorically speaking, that comes around from this.
0: Yeah, nice. Yeah, I like the idea of this being a time of letting go, especially of any kinds of beliefs or ideas that have maybe been acting as a kind of toxin or poison to the environment that you live in. Um, yeah. And that now it's time to redeem, revive, resuscitate something about the environment because you're ready to let go of thoughts and ideas that just haven't been creating harmony, haven't been creating flow. That's the very first thing that comes to my mind for Pi- for Pisces this month. Um, but I really like everything that you said as well. So I'll just add that little uh, thought alongside of it. Well, um, there we, we, we did it. We got through all 12 signs uh, and I hopefully gave you guys some good things to think about. Um. Anything else you want to add in before we leave today, Alex?
1: Uh, just, you know, I think right now, I just want to draw attention to the fact that we're in a weird eclipse window and that this is a very intense, you know, sort of period. But I do think as we get towards, I'm curious your thoughts on this too, Adam. As we get towards the end of May, as Jupiter moves into Taurus, Mars moves into Leo, Mars has had a really awkward 10 months of movement. And I think we'll feel a little bit more, at least more neutral in Leo. That there's a sense of like as we get into June, things don't feel quite so inwardly emotionally intense. That there's a there's a progressive lightning that begins to happen over May, after the eclipse. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah agreed. I I think that that progressive lightning um, especially goes from Jupiter entering Taurus on the what is it, the sixteenth forward. Yeah. Um, the new moon in Taurus comes through on the 19th you know then mars gets out of cancer like you said there's a pretty big moment later in may where you've got the t-square between mars pluto and jupiter yeah um that's a pretty powerful moment but it's also um it just strikes me as um a moment of um feeling empowered into action and things like that so that's a big transit we'll be spending time with on my youtube channel this month but Aside from that, I, I feel like that the early part of the month is like, it's, it's all about cleaning out some really deep stuff that we've been working on for like a year, very gradually, very slowly, all sort of coming to the surface at once.
1: Yeah, agreed. And that's yeah. what I would say with that, that Mars, Pluto, Jupiter, that's the Death Star. <laughs> Lando yeah. leaving the Death Star.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 totally, totally. That's, <laughs> the, that's the moment yeah. of like, all right, let's, we're, let's go, we're out of here. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Well, if you want to find Alex's work, I highly recommend you follow him on Instagram, Healing. You can also find his work at alexamorosi.com if you want to book a reading with him, do some personal work with him. Um, Thank you so much, Alex, for being here today, for helping us unpack the astrology of the uh, month. Really nice to do so with you as always. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget before you leave to like and subscribe. You can find a transcript of today's talk on the website, nightlightastrology.com, where you can also check out our upcoming programs. Any questions about them, email us. Info at nightlightastrology.com. All right, that's what we've got for today. I hope you all have a great rest of your week, and we will see you guys again next month. Take it easy.
1: Bye. Bye, everyone.